It's garbage day? It, it is garbage day. Okay. Yeah. There are dumpsters out, and the truck oh, will be here gotcha. soon. gotcha. Okay. I'm certain of it. I thought that was code for something. <laughs> it's garbage day because we're recording this podcast. Am I right? Hey. <laughs> the podcaster who hates his podcast. <laughs> is quality content right here. So what are we talking about today? I got a few ideas. Yeah, I got a few. So I, uh, I, I, I'm slowly adopting the Airtable, and I put a few things what? in the Airtable. Do you like it? Um, it's not different. sure yet. It feels like it just it to me on surface it feels like a rehashing of Google Sheets. Yeah, but with like more things I can click on. It's an yeah. It's it's a more user-friendly Google Sheet, but you can actually get things done in there that you could not get done with you with uh, Google Sheets. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Like it's it, it, in a lot of regards. If I'm just if I need a list of things to just keep track of, I feel like there are apps that are a lot less convoluted for that purpose. Yeah, but the moment you have to go beyond just a basic list of things or need any kind of integration, now you know now it starts to show its hopefully helpful colors. Yeah, here's the way I view it. So like Google Sheets is really good for just dumping data into and then running like some kind of analysis on it. Right. Cause it's got the functionality to do that. Like, like an Excel would. Um, however, Airtable is really, in my opinion, and from what I found with my own experiences suited for operations. What I mean by that is like, if you need to manage like, all right, let's say you run a bike store and you want to manage inventory, like what's here, what's not here. Airtable is actually pretty decent for that. And it works really well on the hashtag automation side, right? So like it actually works really well on the Zapier integration side. Um, there, there is, oh, I thought you were going for the, for the bell. My bad. <laughs> I was going to give you, give you a sec, no. second to hit it. Um, <laughs> no, I was trying but, to get uh, my light. I wasn't even paying attention. Damn it. I missed it. Um, now Coda, if you've never heard of Coda, Coda is really cool. It's like, what Airtable is trying to do with Google Sheets, Coda is trying to do with basically all Google Docs. Like they're trying to iterate on top of it, which is really cool. Like it's really awesome. You can do a lot of fun stuff with it. I haven't dove too deep with Coda quite yet, uh, but I do like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we so like for for the prep center, the entire back end, if you will, is Airtable, completely automated. So with one Airtable base which is what they call like you know the the main thing um we're able to scale pretty fast i mean we get a lot of stuff done because of that and I, so i use i use state changes so like if i change a if i change the status from like prepping to shipped that becomes a new trigger for zapier to like find the client in slack pull their stuff and then like send them a slack message via dm that like hey that got shipped out you're good to go so super awesome. Like really love it. Um, I like that you can create different views. So sometimes you want the data, but sometimes you want to view the data in a human aspect, right? Like I can't do that in Google Sheets. I can't create a Kanban view of Google Sheet data. Can't do it. It's either like you're going to have the data stored in Google Sheets and then you have to replicate that data in Trello for a Kanban view. But Airtable allows you to combine both of those. So instead of having two tools, you get to have the one, which is super clutch for me. 
Yeah, whereas Sheets appears to be, so far as I can tell when it comes to integrations, it's mostly just a place to dump the end result of a thing. It's just kind of a place to stash info. Yeah, so if you're running a one-off project, which is, here's some data, analyze it and extrapolate an outcome. Google Sheets, hands down. If it's an ongoing thing, like it's new data is going to be flowing in, new data is going to be flowing out, and like it's an ongoing thing, Airtable is probably where you should go. So like on the the whole, there's this whole movement called no code right now, which is like, instead of you having to be like an engineer to build like a basic web application or even a mobile application in some cases, you use basically like point and click software. So there's like Webflow, there's Bubble. Like I've used Bubble. Bubble's pretty cool. That's what I use to build um, amzweekly.com. But a lot of people are actually using Airtable as the database layer. Because it makes sense and it scales actually pretty well. So for for getting something created without having to go to the nth degree <laughs> from an engineering standpoint, like to get that MVP level of like something, whether it's a system or like its own product, I think it's a great database um, for, for non-tech people, for non-engineers. It's super straightforward. It's great. So I have some... Some small follow-up on my liquidation adventures. Oh, geez. Okay. I know so many people were have been, I'm sure, just anxious to find out what happened. So, a small recap. Uh, I participated in a couple, couple of auctions with the local auctioneer, local being literally across the street. Um, one for uh, a lot of MacBook Pros, and another for a lot of homebrew uh, kitchen appliances and supplies. So, jumping to the end first, out of the roughly four grand I spent collectively, um, I will have pocketed about fifteen hundred dollars profit. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's decent. I at that with the amount of effort I've put into it, and that return, I don't know. If I had the opportunity to do the exact same thing again, I don't know if I would. And it seems it seems silly from the outset because you're thinking, well, that's fifteen hundred dollars. Like, holy shit! Like, that's you know, that's a decent chunk of change. But I'm thinking about all of the the physical the physical effort that went into the uh, the appliance auction. Dylan, I, I sent you the pictures. Yeah, the, you know, these things were massive. They the photos I saw when I was bidding didn't quite do them justice. And um, when I went to pick them up and they told me they had to go grab the forklift to bring them out to me, I immediately knew this was going to be a lot more work. And I I don't think I would do it again, but I had a hell of a lot of fun doing it in the first place. I'm sure. Yeah. uh, Thank you, UPS, for the discounted shipping rates, because otherwise (laughs) (laughs) it would have been incredibly expensive. Um, I still... Shipping was still a lot more expensive than I wanted it to be, but again, these were these were twenty four by twenty by twenty boxes, thirty nine pounds. Uh, shipping was anywhere between thirty five and sixty five dollars, depending on the destination. Okay, which you know, I got the bill a couple of days ago, and ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Okay, so so it was fun. You enjoyed it. You learned a lot, but not exactly. Know. It's not my thing. best use of your time. No, no, it, it was. Yeah, it, it's not something I'm going to be finding myself doing on a regular basis. Yeah, I don't think. You no, know it's funny, though. A lot of people would. 
and there's nothing wrong with it, but, but I think it's an important thing to talk about, which is, you know, it's like my problem with RA. I don't, I don't hate retail arbitrage as a business model as a whole. Um, but my issue with it is when like you're making money, of course, but a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people that are doing it are making minimum wage. So like for the time, I'm like, just go get a job. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, like it, it's just, it's not a good use of your time. And if we can get away from the whole, like, I need to be an entrepreneur, I need to be the business owner. And let's just talk about like why you're doing it, which is most likely because you want to make money. It's easier for you to just go get a job nine times out of 10. So I think it's important to try new things, but it's just as important, if not more important to do a postmortem and look at them and say, okay, what was the full inputs here? What was the output? And then run that analysis. Was it really worth my time? How much did I really make per hour? Because your your hours do go into it. I'm sorry, but they do. Was it enough? I don't know. Yeah, I think collectively thinking about how much, how much time I've put into this, you know, knowing how much is now in my pocket that wasn't there before, I would say it's roughly on par with what I make in my day job as far okay. as hourly rate goes, which is, yeah. to, which is to say that it's, it's a substantial number only because I work in tech, right? Right. <laughs> I think for, for most people who would get into this, it would be multiples more than they're making, yeah, which exactly. is fantastic. And, I, and the key here was that I was able to find items that I knew would sell for a healthy profit. If somebody gave me four grand and I, and I told them, I'm going to give you that four grand and another 1500 in two weeks, they'd be freaking ecstatic, right? Oh, yeah. That's, you know, it did 100%. not take me very long to offload all of these things, and that's great. Looking back on it, if if I if I was if I really had to do it again, if I absolutely had to, I would have omitted the appliances altogether and just bought up all of the supplies. Okay. So one thing I found after I started selling the supplies was that that market's a lot tighter and there's a lot more demand than it originally seemed like. You know, that's the thing that we've you know you and I have talked about before both on and offline is that it's 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 sometimes hard to gauge what the demand is going to be for something if you don't really have any you know frame of reference maybe I was saying that with my wife I don't know it was one of the one of the two <laughs> of you um and so I really didn't have a good gauge for how quickly the supplies were going to sell but you know I I got 24 kits to feed the machine and they were all gone within a weekend so that That's told great. me I didn't buy enough of those <laughs> you know I'm sitting there kicking myself, thinking I should have just bought all of the supplies, rented a storage unit like what we've been talk- like what we talked about, and just shoved them all out there. Like they would have been gone within a week, and it would have been fantastic, you know. But but I had but no hindsight I had no bias, data. Right, right? Exactly. And I think hindsight. that's where it, it's easy. It's easy for your mind to go there. But the simple fact is, what you did was appropriate, which is you mitigated risk. Because if you had done that, it was just as likely that it went south yeah yeah i had no data to tell me that that would have been a safe maneuver so i hedged my bets with the with the appliances instead because they had the much higher margin yeah and see a lot of people would see an opportunity like that and triple down on it without any actual data and just hope it goes well i did call the auctioneer though after i'd sold out and asked if there were any lots that hadn't been picked up 
because I knew the deadline had passed. I'm like, hmm, well, I mean, if there's anything left, then, yeah, you know, make me an offer. But they said everything was everything was acquired, so I was a little disappointed. I had one person message me on eBay. I know they're local because it was a local auction. They asked if we could trade supplies because they had flavors they didn't like. And for a moment, I'm thinking maybe I should just buy them all off this guy instead. Like, yeah, but don't bother with the trade. Just here, here's some money. You give me those. And, you know, right. Because I'm like, I'm thinking about any possible way that I can find more of these just because of how pent up the demand appeared to be. And it was. (sighs) Could you get a wholesale account with them? So the company that was liquidating them was pivoting. So oh, okay. every everything that was being auctioned off was all they had left, basically. So discontinued. Yeah. So, and that and that's where the demand ultimately came from was you know, people. Could, all right, so this is a higher level question. Could yeah. you buy the brand rights? <laughs> get the contact <laughs> and start manufacturing yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean they It was that good. You know what I mean? They just came out of receivership and they're gonna they're continuing as a company. I I, I would imagine they would entertain a reasonable offer. <laughs> yeah. Why not? You know, it's um, something better than nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's, there's the potential for an opportunity there. I don't know if that's something I want to get into yeah. knowing next to nothing about beer making or this particular acquiring a brand. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I think there, there are a lot of other things I can start from scratch before yeah. I do that. Less risky for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, so no, it's so cool. That's, I'm that's glad that. it played out. It was yeah. No, I'm I, I'm glad it worked. It, eBay, uh, you're a pain in the ass. I'm gonna say that yep. out in public, always and forever. Um, I, as hard as I tried, they would not raise my selling limit. So really, no way. Yeah, it's a surprise. Would, they okay. wouldn't. I they wouldn't entertain it on the phone. I couldn't get a hold of somebody who would even. Here's here's a potential workaround. Go for it. In so. No. <laughs> so so create a listing for a expensive watch and then hit a limit and then reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm trying to sell this watch. Can you increase my limit? They will most likely do it and then just end in the auction later. Just charge way too much. They'll like charge like like I don't know, twenty five to thirty percent more than what that watch would retail at the moment used. Just go that route. Add add a few pictures and you're fine. Yeah. I, I must have like hit the magic for me combination i and i know they've raised my limit recently so maybe there's something to do with that as well but like i got right up to the edge like i had like 30 bucks left capacity. <laughs> like i was right up at the ceiling you know like, yeah trying to find a way to get as much of the stuff that i had out there at once trying to find the price balances on everything to just get as much exposure and get this out of here did we have an episode where i had all of the crap piled up behind me i don't think we did no we i didn't get to see it which which shows you how quickly this is gone right so right. like n- n- nobody listening can see this but there were three boxes each one was probably about this high okay and i'm 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 ha- i'm hand motioning roughly Relative. two feet <laughs> and then so, right, so there's like three of them right okay and just this massive oh, tower of things that could come down and kill me and then i had you know i had two piles of them and then i had a pile off to the side and i had a pile out there okay like it was oh my god Nuts. Living, I love this it. is the moment living in an apartment really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slightly. But uh, yeah, and the multiple trips to UPS because I, you know, the days I'd sell three at once and I can only fit two in my car. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just all the little things that were mildly frustrating that, you know, ultimately, like this is this. These are all minor complaints. And, you know, I, I made money off of this whole thing. And it was, you know. 
I would argue it's it was roughly worth my time given how much you know per hour for sure. all, all the time I put into it. But mm-hmm. you know, I I would argue if if anyone's looking for something different, I would say at least try it once, just once, just just for fun. No, what are you selling are, heroin here? Like what? Those, <laughs> yeah, the first time for free. something different, just right. once, <laughs> just the one time. I have this new powder. See, um, <laughs> I I wouldn't advocate for spending four grand like I did. Right. And, <laughs> you know, I I'm I'm grateful for zero percent interest credit cards. <laughs> get, gotta get them discover. points, man. I appreciate yeah. the you know the the cash back saying. match that I want to get later this year. I don't know. I mean, it was. You know, as somebody that had also done retail arbitrage for a bit, like it, it has a lot of the same vibes. Yeah, but you don't have to actually go find any of this stuff, right? Like I, I could just sit on the internet and and peruse through auctions and click on some buttons, right? Create a you bot. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that's I'm, what you need. Build an auction bot <laughs> and then just roll out. You're set. Here's an interesting idea, and I've been playing around with it, so. I was at a, a, a watch meetup because that's a thing um, in Houston about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. So basically we all just flew out to Houston, hung out in a hotel, um, you know, traded watches, talked watches, that whole, whole gambit. One of the guys was into travel hacking. I was like, Oh, we got to talk, right? Like there's like 50 of us there. So I was like, we got to talk. So me and him were talking. He's got an insane amount of points. And I know how the game works. So like, it's easy to get to half a million in travel points. It's really difficult to get like a million plus without spending a lot of money, actually. So it's like, all right, dude, how are you approaching this right now? He goes, I started a dropshipping company not to make money, just so I can spend $20,000 a month on Facebook ads because I get two to three times points on that expenditure. So the whole business model is designed to break even so that he can get so many travel points. So he's getting, you know, 60 to 90,000 points per month. And then he's got a VA that he pays to manage like the daily task of it. So I was like, you know, that's an interesting idea, right? Like we, we talk all the time about like, why, why start a business? And it's like, oh, well, I want to do X, Y, and Z. I want freedom. It's like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. But we've never talked about the fact of like, is it a different opportunity that you get for starting this business, right? Like starting a low touch break even, but you don't even need to make money. That's the point, right? Like the whole business design is so that you can manufacture travel points for lifestyle. That's an interesting idea. And then it's like, well, where else could we theoretically apply this, right? It's basically anything that has a high capital requirement, either via advertising or physical products, right? So I'm like, man, I low-key want to do break-even wholesale, not not to make money. Don't care to make money. Just want to spend 30 grand a month again. Just for the points. That's it. Break-even. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can see that as a, a, a potentially viable thing to do i mean it's to me the first thing i think of is the risk associated with what happens if all of a sudden now you're no longer breaking even and sure through the magic of e-commerce now you're at a like a one percent two percent loss now all those points are not they don't have any it all sets 100 right so i i think it's margin margin of error right so you don't 
intently buy or exclusively buy things at breakeven. You buy them with little profit, right? So back, you know, when I was running the Amazon business full time, I looked for a 30% gross margin on all products, including all unit based costs. Um, what I would probably look for is like five to 10%. So super slim margins, but enough that would warrant margin for error. Now, listen, on some, you're going to make some money on some, you're going to lose some money, but it balances out. Right. So I would be looking at like, on average, I would want to at least break even, if not make a little bit. So one, I'm trying to not have to worry about taxes really. Right. Cause if you're not making money, that's kind of how that works. <laughs> you're right. Um, I want it to be super low, um, effort. So I'm really not trying to get like crazy, amazing, you know, um, profitable accounts like I used to, cause that does take a lot of time. It is a lot of effort. That's not the point here. I'm just trying to spend a lot of money and get that money back to pay off the, the, the credit card. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I do definitely remember, you know, one of the cards I was putting a lot of my Amazon spending on. Um, it was for most things, it was one point per dollar. But then if you turned, if you used the points for travel, it was a point and a quarter equivalent. And um, I do remember I racked up quite a few points over that period of time. Uh, it was, you know, it was nice. You know, it was, it was nothing, <laughs> nothing to sneeze at. I have an American Express card that has 2% on everything. The American Express business cash. And, uh, like, that sounds fantastic. Right. How do we, how do we get this limit raised and just You're like, how start... do I spend 100 grand a month break even? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. 2% think... of that sounds kind of great. <laughs> the, the kicker is, for me, part of it would be, how do I get access to these the this point system or these rewards that I'm earning? Right, like yeah, for my for my business cash, the default way I'm those points or the cash back is given to me is straight as a billing credit, right? Okay. So now then I would have to like do the math to pay the bill two percent less, right, and then pocket the difference, right? Like it, it becomes yeah, a bit yeah, more complicated, sure. yeah, versus a system like like with Discover or Chase where you can actually just. It, cut yourself a check or transfer it to a bank account or turn it into a gift card. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would have to play into a bit into a bit. Otherwise that 2% is now you're spending more time to, to get that 2% back. And now maybe it's worth one half percent because of the time you put in to make it, make it appear. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's the hard part there is in choosing the, the channel through which you do this because if it takes up so much time and you're like, cool, I'm getting tons of points. It's like, yeah, but if you just put in like 10% more effort and just made this profitable, you would make way more money. You would just pay for the, for the flights. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's you, like, I don't like the wholesale idea as much. Um, just using that as like an example, because it's like a high capital cost uh, business model, but it's like, what are the, the, the low hanging fruit business models that don't require a whole lot in terms of effort to, you know, make a little bit on that most people scoff at because like, Oh, you're not making any money. It's like, yeah, but that's the point. Oddly enough. Right. So it's a, it's a more strategic approach to business that I've never really heard anybody other than this person talk about. It's always like, Oh, it doesn't make money. Well, that's stupid. It's like, but by design, right? So it's a very strategic approach to why are you starting this business? Cause the guy had another company. He's like, no, like I make money with this company. Like this is my focus. But like, 
we don't have to spend a lot of money here, but like I, I want to for the points. So I'm just going to create this little entity and it's going to be a little drop shipping company. So, you know, super low, low risk. I'm going to pay a VA, you know, five, six, seven bucks an hour to work on that 20 hours a week, manage it for me. We're fine. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's, it, it's been plaguing my mind because I'm like, <laughs> it's a very cool idea. And I want to, I want to start experimenting and testing it, but I'm just not sure how I want to, to approach that. And like through what channel, I guess, you know? Yeah. I, I think ultimately if, if one is okay with the, like the, the limited format in which they get the, just call it the reward, the Royal reward in general, then, I mean, it's, it seems on the outset entirely feasible, just based on how you, how you've explained it, right? As long as you have like a, a zero fee card, right? The 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 rewards, points, cash, whatever it is, are easy to redeem or obtain. Uh, you don't have a low limit that kind of hurts things too. Yeah, exactly. Incidentally, those generally who have higher limits may already have higher incomes in the first place, and may already just be traveling using just regular money. So you know the the cross section gets smaller and more particular that way i i can't imagine nobody's ever done this before you know i i've seen people with massive limit cards you know travel cards hotel cards airline cards etc etc who just burn through the whole thing monthly (laughs) right like yeah you know your monthly expenses are 20 grand a month. So they're like, yeah, we'll give you 50 grand. <laughs> right. Credit. Exactly. Uh, you sure. know, and they're, and they're cranking through points. Like it's nobody's business. Right. But even like charge cards, I mean, you know, I got the Amex charge card and that's, that's technically unlimited. It just has to be paid off in 30 days. So depending on the business model or their channel, you could condense that down. And I think that's the important part, right? That's an important variable here is like reduction of risk, both in terms of like the time between you spending quote unquote, and then, paying that off needs to be super tight, like a churn rate, but it also needs to be less risky in the sense of you don't go negative, right? I think that's okay. And most of your cards, by the way, that are worth having, have an annual fee and you're going to get charged interest rate. But if you're approaching it correctly, you can negate a lot of that. And there's, and if you, if you get into the, uh, like the business cards, right? Like the American Express business plum card, Yep. Um, have By the way, you don't actually have to have a business to get business credit cards. No, no. The uh, the American. It's funny because the American Express business card I have, my social was required in the application. Yep. The EIN was not, but it doesn't report to my credit report. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. It's, How does that magically work? I don't <laughs> right. know. Right. It's uh, and apparently it, it depends on the lender. Small tangent. It depends on the lender. And whether they report all the time or only if you go to Linkwit, like they have their, you know, their rules. But anyways, the, um, you know, you mentioned the American Express charge card. I'm assuming the, the platinum, right? Um, the plum, which is, it's basically the, the business specific variant of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's plum colored, shocker. One and a half percent cash back and you have 60 days to pay. So yeah, that's not bad. There you go. Right? So and I really the, don't like the cash fee back is, as much, but I don't hate it. Only because of the the point you brought up, right? Is like, does that mean I just get to like use that as a credit? Which is fine. Like I can go like whatever I want to buy. I would just put it on that card and then write it off as a credit. Or do I get a check? I think for me, I mean, that's certainly an interesting aspect. But typically, if you look at um, the value per point, the ones that are travel specific, redeemed via travel, 
have the highest value per point. So you wouldn't want to maximize that, right? Like you don't want to like, you wouldn't want to do this for like Marriott points. Like they're garbage, like IWH, <laughs> like they're not bad, but like yeah. relatively speaking, they are low per point from a dollar amount, right? So you wouldn't want to go like, like chase, like chase ultimate rewards points are like some of the most valuable points per per point. Oh yeah. Um, so we want to maximize those or like, like an American express. Right. Um, so I would rather have the points themselves, oddly enough. Yeah. There's a, there's it's a chase convenient. combination you can do if you have the chase freedom unlimited, which is one and a half percent cash back. And one of the higher tier chase, uh, Sapphire cards, either Sapphire preferred or Sapphire reserve. Yeah. You can transfer, right. You can transfer the points from the freedom unlimited. So you get basically one and a half points per dollar. You transfer that to the reserve, the Sapphire Preferred Reserve point pool, and then you can cash them in for the higher travel amount. Nice. So essentially you get one and a quarter percent or 1.25 times points on 1.5 points, basically. Okay. Whereas if you just spent it directly from the Preferred Reserve card, you only get 1.25 points. So there it's a whole it's a whole thing the the amount of gamification here it's yeah it fascinates me i i I was in it for a while i you know churning as they they call it like it's it's a lot to keep up with i mean if you you really really want to be into it yeah i mean go for it like there's there's a lot there's a lot to do there but i don't know maybe this is gonna be like a side project where i find like a low touch business model (laughs) because <laughs> even i was like man there's people like i would trust it's still risky that like run amazon businesses i'm like man can i like just give you one of my high-end cards mm-hmm. and you just pay it off but like i get the points you know what i mean like like you get access to the additional um you know credit to grow the business but like all i want like i don't want equity i don't want like distributions i just want the points mm-hmm. but then i'm like that's really risky though <laughs> It's super risky because I'm so liable for it, right? And like, I would actively want to be spending, you know, 15 grand a month, which I can do on one card. Like, I have one card; it's like 17 and a half mm-hmm. available credit on one card, which would be awesome. But that's still like, if something does go bad, they could easily just be like, "Well, that's on you. I'm out." And you're like, "Crap! Now I'm in the hole for 10 grand. That's not okay." So, or if for some reason your risk profile gets shady, and that 17 now becomes six. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It kind of defeats the purpose. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to do some research and and see if there are some other alternatives. I mean, there's some companies that exist that kind of allow you to do this, not at scale, but basically like there are limited run things where you can only purchase one. So what they will do is create a network of people, of buyers, basically. And so you can go, so like the mint comes out with commemorative coin. It's collectible. You can only buy like five per household. So basically they contact their hundreds of people say, Hey, everybody go buy this exact one. Here's what we'll pay you for. So basically they'll pay you a premium on that so that they get them. So great. That's 500 bucks. Here you go. Put on the card, get the points. They pay you out. We pay it off. We're good. Right. That's okay. But the problem there is like, it's just not high enough volume in terms of spending. So it's it's a nice like gravy on top of things, but it's not something I can spend ten grand a month on. Yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting thing I've thought about, and you know, one thing that had crossed my mind doing the liquidations is that well, if I if I f- end up worst case breaking even, I still have the one and a half percent cash back on the card, that right? I to exactly. pay for all this, right? But what so. if that was the point? You know what I mean? Because that's easier. <laughs> oh to yeah, sell. 
Like yeah. it's, it's a hard thing to scale that being that profitable all the time. Right. But breaking even for a lot of things was not hard to do. That's the right. Point, right. Like I wouldn't most people like, God, it's so hard to get profitable things. It was like, but why don't we take the, the non-profitable things, quote unquote, and just make them valuable in a different way? Yeah. I wouldn't say liquidation is a good way to do it, but you know, <laughs> don't, don't do what I did and rent a U-Haul and drive down to a warehouse and load up a truck in the rain. <laughs> but there's gotta be other alternatives. You know what I mean? There's that, there's gotta be low risk things where it's like, yeah, you buy it here, you sell it here, but you break even. It's like, okay, well, if the risk profile is super low, like five, 10%, maybe it's still worth it. I don't know. I'm gonna have to start doing some research and, and testing some stuff. Cause I'm about it, man. I think it's cool. <laughs> welcome to credit cards yeah literally like dylan trying to hack everything in the world we just we just made a credit card podcast it's funny because like on my on my personal blog i have like you know entrepreneur mad scientist like hacker and i'm like what when i say hacker i don't mean like computer hacker i mean like hacker mentality like the the, the old school like 80s hacker culture of like hack everything <laughs> like not even just computers just like systems as a whole that's my jam like let, I'm not trying to social engineer anybody here, but like I'm also trying to find the, the loopholes and like extrapolate them hard. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. No, that's. I'd be curious to see how this how this pans out. I I, I suspect we'll maybe we'll check in here in in, in a number yeah. of weeks and and see how. I'm gonna start doing research in the, in the topics list right now. Let's see, credit card point churning. I can type right churning <laughs> follow up. God, I can't type. Jesus. Grammarly sponsored. No, <laughs> we are not sponsored by Grammarly, but you should download it. Right. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. No, pay for the premium. You'll thank me later. <laughs> See, I haven't done that yet. I just use the, the free one, to be honest, but I'm, I'm starting to consider it. So I had I it's like a hundred and something dollars a year, hundred and thirty okay. or something like that. And I, I signed up a few years ago and because it's once a year, I never think about the renewal. Until it just kinda happens. happens. I'm just like, oh well, I guess it's too late now. And then a year later I forget about it, and then a year later, oh dang it, I missed it again. And it's just yeah, you just do this in circles and perpetuity. You're just like, whatever, I'll keep using it. <laughs> right. It's it's vaguely correcting my grammar, letting me know how much how many past tense, you know, forms of things I use exactly. on a regular basis. Thanks, Grammarly. I appreciate you. <laughs> also, I just thought I should probably talk to like a lawyer about this experiment. <laughs> that's that's a great sign. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's, uh, there's nothing illegal about like having a business that doesn't make money, right? Disclaimer: <laughs> all We're not. The lawyers, warning bells so. are going off right now. Um, as far as from my understanding, again, not a tax person, please don't take yeah, anything I'm about to say seriously. <laughs> um, the IRS highly prefers you to eventually have some kind of profit, but right. they don't really say or have a minimum on what that is. Right. You know, I think it's more of a system thing, right? Like eventually, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, schedule C if you're working by yourself or, you know, whatever they corporation form number is i don't know they they would expect to see a you know a positive number on there eventually but but what if you do it as like an llc or like a sole proprietor you know what i mean like you just yeah. have a flow through which kind of sucks on the personal side but it reduces a lot of that yeah it, i mean since it all flows into your 1040 right anyways 
I guess it would depend on how how wide it swings. Like that's that the first thing that comes to my mind is how 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 far in each direction it swings, right? Like if you're you know plus ninety five thousand on your schedule sheet one year, and now you're negative three eighty on the other year, right? That's probably gonna you're probably gonna get audited, right? But if it's like plus three minus three plus two, well, you wouldn't necessarily be negative though. I mean you maybe you i wouldn't be surprised if there was some negative at first while you hammer out the details yeah, right right <clears throat> um but like if it's you know if you're it, if the gap's a lot smaller whatever it is i don't mm-hmm. imagine it's going to be an issue okay. me personally i'm not a tax person and right, the irs right. is a black box but <laughs> you know as somebody that I, I i did my own taxes this last year for 2019 and i did the schedule c and all that and it just ends up a line a line item on your 1040 at right. the end of it, you know. Exactly. So, depending on how hard they decide to look, I I can't imagine if you're just barely breaking even. I think if you if you can set up your business as a not for profit too, that might help. Oh, uh, yeah, it's true. You know, because then you can yeah. say, well, the goal isn't to make money technically, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Again, no, for sure. We're not tax people. Please don't take any of this seriously. No, but this is a thought experiment. We, we are thinking out loud with reality. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's interesting. That's, okay, that's what Just that's what immediately comes to my head. mind. Is I'm sure it would probably be fine. And then, like, if you have other other losses or gains throughout the year, maybe you make some more charity. Like, if you make a little bit more charitable donation to kind of offset that, then you don't have to pay the taxes anyways. You know, like there right. there are ways that it. At like if end. it makes money, just send it to like donorschoose.org and be done with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, okay. And then now, you know, that comes off your taxable income anyways, if you can itemize. And now it's zero regardless, right? So So we can pair the two to where I get all the points, we make some money, and then give that to charity. Boom. Done. Crushing it. We I did not that. just come up with a tax scheme right now. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Technically, technically, it's not. Technically, it's, not. It's, really technically. Not. it's only yeah. mildly efficient. It's a business perk that becomes priority. <laughs> right. The business exists for the perks. Do exactly. not tell the IRS that. It's. I don't know. I, I feel like it's interesting. I, I definitely want to talk to like a tax professional about it though, and see like what what is the the best practice there. Like, is that frowned upon? I don't that, know if you know what I mean. A, like, I I don't know if. Having a business so I can collect the points is the best practice in anyone's book, technically. But as far as like the fundamentals go from the financial perspective, I, yeah, I'm sure there's probably a better way to do it if you were going to. Yeah, I mean, it would still be set up correctly. It would still be ran sure. correctly, right? Of like, there, there's no like, there's no like black hat stuff going on here. It's just like every company should do this right now, right? Like if, if you spend on advertising, you should be using a credit card to get points on it, right? So like that's already the case. It's just prioritizing that aspect of the business over profits. Yeah, I would imagine as long as the business is fundamentally clean on paper, I don't think anyone's going to notice. Well, I think even if somebody did notice, it'd be like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like, right. There are a lot of businesses that don't make money. Yeah, which is wild. Like every startup, practically. Like every almost. airline ever. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think right, okay, airline. Dude, here's what we do: we start an airline, a small airline. We break <laughs> oh, even, Christ. but you know that shit costs a lot of money. 
what are we going to call this airline? Um, broke ass airline. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's not appealing. Um, title. <laughs> Here's what we do. We, we buy like a 50 grand Cessna. Okay. We finance it. Okay. Put it all on credit cards, pay it off. But then okay. we, we lease it. Okay. Does that work? Maybe. <laughs> That's a lot of like fuel, right? Got to pay, yeah. got to pay, got to pay the the fuel bill. Okay. What just enough? Just lease it for just enough to pay for the operation just, of the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So somebody's like, "Yo, this is great." Maybe a little bit more, obviously, because you do want to have that margin for error. But maybe you do that, you lease it out, and people are like, "That's a great deal." You're not making any money. You're like, "Yeah, I make a little bit of money," but like, you don't really care. That's right, the point. Right. You're doing it quote for the fun of it. But I guess, I guess if you're doing it, you might as well try to make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, you you know, that's a fine line between, okay, you know, you, you start the the business and, you know, you make a couple of points here and there and that's great, but why not just make more, you know, very quickly? Why not do both? It doesn't have to be binary, I guess is, is, is a good point too, is like, it could be a little side hustle thing, but like, it does cost a lot per month to like manage it or whatever. It does make money. It is a sound business, but you're you're choosing that business model because it costs a lot per month so that you can get a lot of points. Por qué no los dos, Dylan? Yeah. Why not both? Exactly. Why not both? Man, this went so far off the rails. <laughs> I yeah, love it. It's good. This, this is quality content. I told you it's garbage day. I was not garbage. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm obsessed with the idea. It's cool. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's chew on this a bit, and maybe we'll we'll come back to come back to this at some point yeah. in the future. I I put it in the topics list for a, a future discussion, and nice. I put it after more poignant and probably more important things. <laughs> right. You know, it'll we'll save it for a an off day. I think today, exactly today was an off day, but there you go. Um, you know, it's yeah, good. Yeah, it's a good place to end. <laughs> This, this is how you know we're doing great. We're talking about turning credit card points with an airline. I'm, we're talking about buying an airline. That's what we're doing. I know. We're uh, high-level stuff, man. They don't make money. This, this is peak content right here. Yeah. <laughs> gets me pumped. I'm not even being sarcastic. This is great. Uh, you know, at first I'm thinking, oh, I'll just edit all this out. No, this is going to stay. We're just... Yeah. Screw it. This is the whole thing. Awesome. This is the show. <laughs> yeah. Because the whole point is to be thinking strategically. And sometimes how you make money is different. And that's okay. There you go. There you go. Like when you see Amazon sellers who have lower prices than you, and you're like, there's no way they're making money. Maybe they're not. Maybe that's the point. What are they, what are they, what are they trying to do? What are they, what's the, what are they trying to get them points, man? What are they, what's the, what's the thing that they're, trying to acquire all the time oh that the buy box yeah you just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i was like God damn, say it, say it, say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great i love it i love it okay the amount of times i type and say buy box in a given day is astounding <laughs> i i hate that phrase so much now just in general really? just yeah. because of how many people complain about it and they have their reasons for complaining i won't say they're terrible people but just like it's not it's not something you can really control <laughs> frustrating life sucks yeah you know 
Welcome to being a business owner. It's frustrating <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yes. It's perfect. Everything's great. Nothing can go wrong.